0: Genesis 18, we studied this last week about that Sarah, when when God told her that she was going to have a son and she was past the age of woman, in other words, she'd she'd either had a hysterectomy or she was menopause, one of the two, (laughs) Uh, and Abraham was, he couldn't get it up, and God says, you're going to have a child. Sarah laughed, and what the the word means is she mocked God, she said it's impossible. And even though she said it's impossible, she still had a son. Now, there's an interesting lesson here, because the next day, Pete used this on me.
1: I'm so (laughs) glad you remembered
0: that. You remember? you don't believe your prayers aren't answered and you said oh no sarah didn't believe and she got a son anyway oh, to... well there's a secret there's a secret i'm going <laughs> to charge you three million dollars for the secret <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: you want to
1: believe
0: verse oh. nine <clears throat> and this is the three men you remember we went through the process it was three men that were sometimes one and three and one it was the whole process of who they were talking to it was god And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my lord being old also? What that means there is is that Abraham couldn't get it up. That's a terrible thing to say.
1: Is there another way to say it? <laughs> it. At least for the people listening. could we say that couldn't know, cut what, the could cookies. We, could yeah. we say that uh, that Abraham had reached the age in which he was impotent? At least for me. Uh, we should say it's different.
0: Well well let's just say he couldn't get it up. I think that's a <laughs> Yeah. And the lord said unto abraham wherefore did now when said she laughed it wasn't the word like she said ha, ha ha she mocked it was a mocked a mocking and the lord said unto abraham wherefore did sarah laugh saying shall i of a surety bear a child which am old is there anything too hard for the lord at the time appointed i will return unto thee according to the time of life and sarah shall have a son <clears> then <throat> Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, <coughs> for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Now, the secret is, is that she feared. Now, do you see the relationship? If you say, the promise of God is is, uh, is all of the things that, that we have, come to know the perfect peace perfect contentment ability to walk through the world without problems and the final one which is almost impossible for the human mind to believe the promise set before us is that we would be transfigured out of the world that all law including natural law would lose its hold all the other things that we've studied what you secretly do is you laugh and say no that's impossible or if we pray for someone's healing. And you say, no, it's not going to happen. What you are doing is mocking. Now, the reason that Sarah's prayer was answered and the reason that the desire of her heart was fulfilled, which was the son, was that she went ahead and laughed. I mean, can you imagine? She's mocking God, and she knew she was. But when she saw that, that what she, that's what she was doing, then she feared
1: it's sort of like she prophesied and she heard what came out and was
0: convicted right and so again it's an evidence that you're not i mean can you imagine Sarah saying well this is god talking and i probably shouldn't say this i'll just be quiet and i'll act like i believe you know especially like in here if we pray for somebody about half of you spend the time mocking because you say, oh, it's not going to happen. Or if we pray for someone's need and you mock and you say, no, it's not going to happen. Now, that's all right for you to say that in your mind. I mean, it's all right for you to have the feeling. You didn't decide to have that feeling. What's not all right is that you don't say it. Because without saying it, fear can never come on you. You understand? So, if we ever, if I say something and you mock it, mock it openly, say it out loud, then you'll have both the fear of Oli and the fear of God on you. Now, do you understand the importance of saying it? Because then when you open yourself up and you and, and it, when, when you see that, then fear comes. And in fear, that's why the the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So that's the secret to i mean it wasn't that sarah mocked him and didn't believe but god did it anyway it was the fact that in her openness and bubbling forth she saw what she was doing and she feared and then belief was brought forth now that's the closing the loop from the last lesson that we had on this issue okay now, let's go on. 16, verse 16 through, um, oh, this is a funny part. Let's go to 16 to the end of the chapter. I'm going to read, John.
2: And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, and do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me.
0: And if not, I will know. Okay. Interesting process. There's that
1: phrase, I will go down.
0: All right. It's not, it's, not, it's not nice. Nothing nice happens when it says in the Bible, I will go down. But the, the process that's happening is... And it's and again, remember that everything that's happening in here is happening inside you. It's like, okay, now you you you've 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 gone through and you've tried everything after the natural and all of the history of Abraham. The promise is, and you and you've tried you've tried everything else, and not now the womb is dead, and the other stuff is dead. And nothing can happen, but God says it's going to happen anyway. Okay, now the angel of the Lord looks towards Sodom. And as we'll see, we think Sodom and Gomorrah was this evil place, which it was. But we think think this is a good place and Sodom and Gomorrah is a bad place. But God says that all of this, Dallas is Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, except for the seed, we would have been like Sodom and made like unto Gomorrah.
1: Now somehow Abraham is separate from Sodom and Gomorrah.
0: Right. Well, that's because remember, Sodom and Gomorrah was the most beautiful place in the world. It was in the Vale. It was the Valley of the Jordan River.
1: So, that, so the Sodom and Gomorrah here is what. Like... Would Abraham reject it? Right. Sort of like no you in the world. Well, I'm gonna
0: leave that one up. I like that one better. Well, let's go ahead and read it and then I'll show you something on <coughs> that. Finished, John. Twenty two. Mm-hmm.
2: And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Perventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in some fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am of dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, For adventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And then he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. For adventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, behold now i have taken upon me to speak into the do world any of you, world. you
0: have enough guts to do that with god
2: <laughs> <laughs> abraham had balls but this reminds me in, in green pastures
1: when, uh, when 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 noah eddie rochester's going but lord we need two kegs of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> no but we could put one on each side of the ship and it would be balanced <laughs> one <is> enough, noah.
2: <laughs> And peradventure, there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet this once. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place.
0: Okay, now notice an interesting thing. God stopped the process at 10. Because 10 is the number required to have a synagogue. To have a church, to have a you body. Can't have a city without. Right, you can't have a city without a body. Now, um, this is the first example of anybody um, interceding, if you will, praying for someone else in the scriptures. Or dealing with God. When the promise becomes real in you when you begin to know who you are then you can do nothing but pray for your friend i mean it's not something that's righteous and you'll go through the same thing you'll argue with god but argue with him be real nothing about the process that we are studying or nothing about the life that we have dealings with is dependent on your acting you know, if you like screaming, yelling, screaming, yell. you just be. You know, that's the hardest lesson for you to learn. You still think you, you, you still run around and say, "Why did you make me this?" You now, all of these lessons of Abraham, this, this guy here's Abraham, and he's arguing with God. This guy, that's messed up so many times. He's going to try to sell his wife again. And just another chapter. He's trying. He's going to do the same thing he did earlier. Huh? Again. Again. Yeah. He's going to mess up some more. But all he wants from you to be is to be real. But I find it fascinating that... that um, this is why... Once Abraham was in the picture, once Melchizedek fed Abraham, then a whole new thing happens. Now it has to be, now everything that's happening from now on is connected with a new creation, a body. and The synagogue defines there had to be at least 10, not more than 20. What's
1: what's different about Abraham that he isn't, Falling on the ground on his face, afraid to look at God, talk to Him. I mean, he's standing up, talking to Him face to face and arguing.
0: The only thing the different. The difference is, is that now for twenty-five years he has been walking with Him. I mean, he's always walking with Him, but he didn't know it. Now. Just as though, just as though by definition, if you have a friend, you delight in telling the friend everything. You delight in arguing with a friend everything. I mean, you have, you, there is some, inter- there's, a, there's an interchange. And, and Moses, I mean, and uh, Abraham is no longer a servant, but a friend. And he's a friend because he sees God in this relationship. He has the freedom to argue with him, the freedom to be himself, freedom to tell him anything. Now, God was always walking. I mean, he was always with him. But for a while, it seemed like he was unknown and he was just one of many. Then finally, you know, slowly but surely through experience. He began, and it's not fake, and you can sense it fake a minute when somebody starts, you know. It's just, it's so, it's it's an intimacy that is defined in oneness. You just you just be you. Okay, <clears throat> let me talk about Sodom and Gomorrah for a minute.
1: That's one more quick question. Yeah. In, in verse 22... Um, And we talked about he saw three, he saw one, he saw all these different things. But in 22, it says the three guys left, yet Abraham stood before the Lord. Right. What's...
0: Well, the three guys disappeared.
2: The guys... Okay, so he saw the Lord again as one, rather than as Three. three separate.
0: Well, let me talk about let me talk about uh, Solomon Gomorrah a minute. This is this is the promised land. This is you. The river Jordan is the river of life, and it starts up here in the mountains, and it goes and it stops at the Sea of Galilee for a while, and it flows down, and we'll talk about these typologies later, but it goes down, and it all flows now into the Dead Sea. But at Abraham's time, it flowed down, and it went all the way down through here, and was and it emptied into the Gulf of Aqaba. And this area, where the Dead Sea now is, was, according to Genesis, the most beautiful place on earth that had ever been since the day of the Garden of Eden. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were underneath, they were right here, in, underneath this little sort of poochy thingy at the end of the Dead Sea. There were five cities that were destroyed at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And when that was destroyed, then all that happened is that all the water that came down through this point, through this valley, which was wondrously beautiful, it just emptied into this place. It was like a dam. It was denied. If we, The word dam and the word deny are the same thing. In the Greek, and as the water came down through all of this process, it picked up all kinds of sediments and minerals and, and all kinds of stuff. And if it doesn't have any place to go, then the the water just sits there in this very hot desert, and the water, the vapor, the H two O evaporates out of it. And then slowly but surely, over time, all of the salt and minerals, all of the mineral salts and all of the other impurities, that's all that's left in this lake.
1: Is that um, why the Jordan, the Jordan still flows into it, right? Right. Is it because of evaporation that it doesn't overflow that dam? Well, it
0: overflows, it goes some area. I mean, it's not, a, we're not talking about anything that's like a dam. Mm-hmm. It goes off into these little tributaries, and it just goes off in the desert. But there's, there's no big sinkhole
1: or something in the bottom.
0: Of it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what happened when it was destroyed. And I'll we'll talk. It's interesting how it was destroyed from a geophysical standpoint. But but this is the reason that it's so important. God said that if you deny me before men, I will also deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. If you damn the word deny means to damn up. And you dam up only when you want to protect yourself. And you can imagine the thought process, even if you're going to go out and do it, is, okay, this is the most beautiful place in the world. I'm going to take and put a dam there to ensure that in case the waters of the Jordan stop, we'll always have water and this will always be a beautiful place. But the typology is perfect. It's what you do every time you protect yourself. Every time you don't bubble forth what's ever there, you become... You know, in one sense, you become the Dead Sea, but in another sense, you're spiritually constipated, because all of it is necessary. But it's it's necessary. Everything that happens in your life is equally important. It's up to the body to decide which is used for food and which isn't used for food. It's not it's not the mind's business. That mind would get it all messed up. And that that this is the perfect picture of the need for abandonment. And that Sodom and Gomorrah and that Dead Sea are a perfect picture of the human race. Do you understand that? And it's just, we must get into this understanding of the need to only flow, to only be you, to only let it come forth. That's why we're studying all this stuff, so that we can see that's what these guys did. Okay? Okay. Okay, now we have to read some before we go on and, and see. We have to read some uh, prophet stuff. Isaiah thirty-three. Okay, the reading actually from the from the Talmud is Isaiah thirty-three ten to thirty-four seventeen, but we're going to start in thirty-four one, thirty-three one. And remember, this is the reading in the ancient Talmud that they've done 400 years before Christ to, to go along with what we've just studied in Isaiah, I mean in Genesis. So it's Isaiah chapter 33, <clears throat> verse 1, except they're reading. It's from verse 10, but we're going to, to do it a little early. Woe to thee that spoilest, and thou wast not spoiled, and dealest treacherously, and they dealt tre- not treacherously, treacherously with thee. When thou shalt cease to spoil, thou shalt be spoiled, and when thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously, they shall deal treacherously with thee. O Lord, be gracious unto us, we have waited for thee. Be thou their arm every morning, and our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult the people fled. At the lifting up of thyself the nations were scattered." And your spoil shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar, as running to and fro of locusts shall he run upon them. The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste, the wayfaring man ceaseth, ceaseth, he hath broken the covenant, he hath despised the cities, he regardeth no man. The earth mourneth and languisheth, Lebanon is ashamed and hewn down, Sharon is like a wilderness, and Besham and Carmel shake off their fruits. Now, now here's from here on is the actual reading for this time. Now will I rise, saith the Lord, now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. Okay, he's doing that at the time of the birth of Isaac, the child of the promise. So what that means in you is, again, if we believe what we're studying, now is the time he will do this. Now we begin to see that it's the child of the promise that has everything to it. It's no longer our own efforts. It's no longer our own ideas, our own strengths, our own... We don't have to understand this stuff. We just have to end up kind of fearing a little bit. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. You shall conceive chaff. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. The people shall be as the burnings of lime. This is what's happening to Sodom and Gomorrah. As thorns cut up shall they be burned in the fire. Hear ye that are far off what I have done, and ye that are near acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness hath surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He that walketh walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from the hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. Now this is Christ in you This rising. That's what it's talking about. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. That's everything we've been talking about. The land that's very far off in time is right here in eternity the promise that's way way out there somewhere in in time is here in eternity thine heart shall meditate terror where is the scribe where is the receiver where is he that counted the towers thou shalt not see a fierce people a people of a deeper speech than thou canst perceive of a stammering tongue that thou canst not understand look upon zion the city of our solemnities thine eye shall see jerusalem a quiet habita- habitation a tabernacle that shall not be taken down Amen. not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken I mean, that's see that's the promise that's the new jerusalem that we're in now any this All of the modern theology that talks about Jerusalem over there, that's never going to be anything. It's the new Jerusalem. Its stake shall never be removed. The cords of it shall never be brought down. But But there the glorious Lord will be unto us, a place of broad rivers and streams. Again, our eyes thought that Sodom and Gomorrah was, the veil. Lot chose that. Abraham chose the other, so he, well, but the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams wherein shall go no galley with oars, neither shall gallant ship pass thereby. The reason no galley with oars will go there is because to to row an oar takes effort. You see? There shall no effort be expended in the New Jerusalem. No longer <coughs> cause and effect. Grace is the only overriding thing. That's our heritage. That's what's set before us. That's our right. But your mind keeps telling you differently. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He alone will save us. Not our own efforts, our schemes, our plans, our running to and fro, trying to get stuff. He himself, and only him. Thy tacklings are loosed. They could not well strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of a great spoil divided. The lame take the prey. And the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity come near ye nations now he, now now that's to, that's the promise to the to the new jerusalem now this is to everything else <clears throat> come near ye nations to hear and hearken ye people let the earth hear and all that there is that is therein the world and all things that come forth of it for the indignation of the lord is upon all nations and his fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them. He hath delivered them to the slaughter. That's why we see in knowledge the world is on fire. Egypt is destroyed. The world is gone. And when we see that, because we've seen through time, then, and only then, can we put forth our hand and take someone out of the fire.
1: This thing about the world being on fire, in the beginning of all this, it says back in In fourteen, uh, who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? And it says elsewhere, our Lord, our God, is a consuming fire. Amen. So it's saying, okay, who of the people are going to be able to dwell with God?
0: Right. Fire. Their slain also shall be cast out. Their stink shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. Now that's what everything we're talking about. When time ends, when we look, we'll see the heavens rolling up just like a scroll. Because Torah is finished. And in type... The Torah, and it's rolled out, is a type of time because you see it in a linear basis. But if you roll the scroll up at the end of the service; time is ending.
3: It's going
0: to be that. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I, I firmly believe we'll see it.
3: When we were on the
1: camping trip, I heard you say something that, that I hadn't heard before, and I'd never thought mm-hmm. of before. Somebody somebody asked, "Is the, is fire out of time?" <laughs> and you said, "Yeah, it was." And I got up four in the morning, something like that, Sunday morning, and I was sitting by the fire, just staring at it, and and it just at that point seemed so clear that the fire is the interface between time and space on one side and eternity on the other. And it's just, yeah. Boy, I, was,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I've heard I've heard about people escaping from a Burning building or something and then turning around and walking back in. I never really understood that. But sitting there, looking at that fire, I felt like, well, I want to walk into that fire. Something
0: new. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved. That means the host of heaven are all of the stars Mm -hmm. and the things that make up the constellations and the heaven shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their host shall fall down, as the leaf falleth off the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea, and upon the people of my curse to judgment. Now, Idumea is just another name for Israel. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of lambs and goats with the fat of the kidneys of rams for the lord hath a sacrifice in bozrah and a great slaughter in the land of Edomedia, bozrah the word bozrah means a uh, it's a sheepfold and the sacrifice in bozrah was christ the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world
1: when we read malachi last week we said that it ends with a curse and the curse is the cross Amen. in the previous uh verse there it's the same thing and upon the people of my cross
0: well my curse well the curse you know it's a curse okay now what in these next few verses well i'll, I'll read them first and the unicorns shall come down with them and the bullocks with the bulls and their land shall be soaked with blood and their dust made fat with fatness for it is the day of the lord's vengeance and the year of recompense for the controversy of zion and the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch and the dust thereof into brimstone and the land thereof shall become burning pitch it shall not be quenched night or day The smoke thereof shall go up forever from generation to generation it shall lie waste none shall pass through it forever and ever but the Coromant, and the bittern shall possess it the owl and also the raven shall dwell in it and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness now the unicorn the kormorant the bittern are all symbols in the in the talmud for demons and this is this this is what this is like when time has rolled up it's like if you can imagine a, you remember and, I, and it's interesting to me that, that there's been a couple like the movie uh 2000 2001 and even in that superman movie where where the planet krypton was destroyed and and there was everybody was in this plane
2: yeah
0: or in, in the scroll, the, the, the obelisk in, in the 2001, all those are, are racial recognitions of what, of what this thing we call hell is, but it's space without time, because time is no more. Space without time, I mean, it's smaller than the smallest wafer that you can conceive of, but everything that previously existed in time and space must now exist in space without time because the meaning the purpose of time has been completed which was your perfection as well, soon as that's done when the mystery of the bride is completed time shall be no more so everything that was in time and space must now be in space without time
3: is that eternity
0: well yeah but that that's not we're in eternity this is what this is what the world and all religions call hell. But I mean it's 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 as though it never existed. Do you understand? Okay. They shall call the nobles thereof to thy kingdom, but none shall be there, and all her princes princes shall be nothing. And the thorn shall come up in her palaces, nettles and brambles in the fortresses thereof, and it shall be a habitation of dragons and a court for owls now again those are the symbolisms of the demon world the wild beast of the desert shall also meet with the wild beast of the island and the satyr shall cry to his fellow the screech owl shall also rest there and find for herself a place of rest there shall the great owl make her nest and lay and hatch and gather under her shadow there shall the vulture also be gathered everyone with their mate seek ye out of the book of the lord and read no one of these shall fail none shall want her mate For my mouth it hath commanded and his spirit it hath gathered them and he hath cast a lot for them and his hand hath divided it unto them by line they shall possess it ever, from generation to generation they shall dwell therein i mean i i they're, they're dwelling in this obelisk You mean that? Don't worry, if we don't see it, we won't
2: know. We won't know, or see, or be conscious.
0: No, of that. we won't even. Re, we won't. We won't even. The scriptures say that <clears throat> it'll be as though. You know, when you wake, and when you first awaken, and, and uh, you've had a dream, and you remember it just for a few, little bit, mm-hmm. and then and then it goes.
2: It'll be like it never really.
0: Existed. And that's what. Our consciousness will be we won't even remember this earth because that which is the stimulus which is the new reality shall so far override anything that it won't even be I mean it's not even worthy of comparison but do you see the connection the type now we're gonna see in the next the next time we meet we'll see the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah well that type is the destruction of the world and we'll see its connection to the child of the promise when the promise is born when isaac comes forth or before isaac can come forth sodom has to be destroyed before the promise can come forth in you you must you will see before he's fully realized in you you will see the destruction of everything else Amen. Okay, I quit. What you said about
3: the the plane, somehow it confirms something that's
1: been going on inside of me for for weeks now. That I don't know if I can verbalize it, I don't know that it's necessary to verbalize it. Repeatedly, I've had the sensation of it's almost like uh, um, if you're surfing you're riding the crest of a wave as in front of you there's nothing and behind you the wave decays. Well, repeatedly I've had this feeling of being in a plane, space that extends in all directions limitlessly, but in front is nothing and behind the plane it just decays away and it's like just being in this plane that moves through time. Means, but but when you said this tonight, somehow that that confirms it, and and I'm now I'm starting to see that that at the end of the time we're taken out of we're we're lifted out of that plane or something. I don't know. I, I have that feeling. That's um I, I, because at the times when I um, a month or so ago when I thought I was going to die, and the horror, of great darkness, and all that kind of stuff. It was like all my life that I've been denying I'm crucified, it felt like there was, in fact, something in front that, that it stretched on limitlessly, and I was just walking through it. But at, these, at those moments of, of horror, of darkness, of seeing that I was dead, and if, and if it weren't Christ that lived, then forget it it was like I came back to where this is and there was nothing in front. It was just black. It was just endless fall. Well,
0: that's what that's worth the walk of faith is that. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, okay, you can hear that, the just shall live by faith. You can hear that and say, oh my God, I don't live by faith. The truth is, that's what you do live by. I mean, you, you try not to, but that's the only thing that you live by, because, I mean, it's his faith. I mean you, you act and sometimes think and you act and run around and do stuff that looks like it's not faith. But that's not your business anymore. That's the secret of faith. I mean that that from we are on this pathway and in truth every place that we touch in a very real sense is destroyed. Yeah, uh, this is it's sort of like when, I, when I've been seeing this blackness.
1: I've also been seeing that, that faith is putting your foot out and stepping into the blackness where there is nothing, yet He's there where your foot touches. No. That I think that's going to that no,
0: right? Or no? But but my, my point to is you see when you hear this when I tell you okay that 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 Abraham. Was, was found righteous and a friend of God because he went not knowing he went out not knowing well see In one sense When as we've just come through study he he always had some kind of plan He was gonna go down to Egypt. and So then he was gonna do this and he's gonna do that and so from one sense he always went thinking that he knew except at the later stages, when the revelation was manifest. But faith looks at all of Abraham, and they see at the last he went without knowing, and so faith says his whole life was without knowing. Now, in your case, each of you, you know, it's too frightening to go without knowing, you know. And so you think, okay, well, I'm going to make these and these kinds of plans, but then you start condemning yourself because you've made the plans. Well, what I'm telling you is that faith sees through that and that you you are only going without knowing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You, you see that? It's sort of, are you saying it doesn't matter what you think right. you're doing? It is, in fact, his faith in you yeah. that's doing it.
1: And it doesn't matter what you think. Right. Two still makes four,
0: you believe It's like the thing we studied last night—the scripture that says that He will place no temptation upon you greater than you can bear. Well, that defines temptation. I mean, you think you go through life and you think you screwed up, and so then you say, "Uh-oh, there was a temptation greater than I could have bear, could bear." The truth is that the fact. <laughs> It's the temptation that defines itself. If you can't, if you succumb to it, then it wasn't a temptation. From God's standpoint. And I know this is hard to think about.
1: Well, if, this, if this is if this is getting too esoteric, I know you'll tell me, but this thing about stepping off into the darkness, it's, I know that somehow it's, it has to do with the highway. The highway that's prepared for those who are being called from the Four Corners to... The New Jerusalem, that, that wherever we step is the highway, and no unclean thing can come on that highway. And highway, the highway, means Jesus Christ.
0: And it's the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, I just thought it was here, and I come back from Twitney the other Sunday. We <laughs> talked about
3: various things, I guess. Talking about freedom, what it means to be free and hearing the same Feeling free as many you ever had in life. I think this was your analogy, or maybe you said something and I thought of this and I said, oh, well, but the freest I could ever be is, is the first day of summer when you're a kid, you know, you, you wake up. School's up. Yeah, school's up. You know, first day of summer, you got three months, which is just an eternity. You can't ever imagine three months, you know. <laughs> God, three whole months. It's like, yeah, that's what nothing you have to do. You can sit around and watch the Yeah, of the rerun. Yeah, I mean, you look forward to, you know, Sea <laughs> uh, Hunt was on each one of the Yeah. Birds was on. Yeah, that was right. great. Anyway, yeah, no, <laughs> nowhere you have to go. You watch the Munsters, you know. Adam Jan watched. That was Dan's favorite program. <laughs> Adam Stone, <laughs> The Blind Moon. But you just have no, I mean, time has lost its meaning. You just have all this eternity of time to do nothing with but have fun. Anyway, in our conversation that seems That's neat. Mm.
2: Take it, big guy.
3: Yeah.